Christine Bentley here with Kate Wheeler, and you are listening to what she said on 105.9 The Region. Today's show is brought to you by Meridian Credit Union. Expecting more for your money, that's wealth esteem. We are kicking off the show today talking to Tammy Bucci, the Director of Philanthropy, and Jonathan Macri, First Link Coordinator at the Alzheimer's Society of York Region. And they are going to be here to tell us about this year's Walk for Alzheimer's, which is Canada's biggest fundraiser for Alzheimer's disease and other dementias, and actually just wrapped up a few minutes ago. Mm, Absolutely. Now, home is where the healthiest heart is for Brian Latanville. He's the owner and president of Healthy Home Makeovers. He is going to be in every weekend this month. He's a pro at creating instant, healthy indoor solutions for any home or workspace. Now, this week, we're talking about all about their healthy home assessment, what they test for, and we're even going to give one away. So stay tuned for that. Um, author Kate Hilton is going to tell us about her novel, Just Like Family. And that's about juggling the demands of three husbands. So <laughs> one is I don't know. Uh, uh, one is a work husband, mm-hmm. an almost husband, and an ex-husband. And mm-hmm. figuring out loss, love, the true meaning of family, all set around a scandal at the mayor's office of Toronto. Sound familiar? Uh, just a little. Just a little. Now, financial advisor Renee Rabello from Life Coach Financial Strategies has some budget-friendly summer staycation ideas. Now, maybe one of them includes going to a movie. So film critic Ann Brody will tell us what to watch in Saturday night at the movies. And she's brought us an interview with the director and screenwriter of The Incredibles 2, Brad Bird. So, have, have you... Have you seen any good movies lately? Well, uh, Ocean's 8, but yes. I'm not saying a word because it's going to be included in Anne's blog. Oh, I don't want to steal any of a movie reviewer. Well, no, I was deputized uh-huh. to go and see it, you know? <laughs> okay, well, settle in. Join in the conversation on our social media sites at What She Said Talk. We do a Facebook Live where we give away some very nice gifts from our guests. That's Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m. So join us there. Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. To contact the show, go to whatshesaidtalk.com. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. (sighs) Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. This is 105.9 The Region. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to what she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. 
The Walk for Alzheimer's is Canada's biggest fundraiser for Alzheimer's disease and other dementias. And joining us now to tell us more about it is Tammy Bucci, the Director of Philanthropy, and Jonathan Macri, the First Link Coordinator at the Alzheimer's Society of York Region. Welcome to What She Said. Thank you. Thank you for having us. So this year's walk in Richmond Hill is just wrapping up. For people who may not know, tell us about the event. So um, the Investors Group Walk for Alzheimer's is a fantastic event. It's a lot of fun. Um, The community comes together. People across York Region of all ages, young and old, come together to support their loved ones um, who are living with dementia. Mm -hmm. And where do the funds go? Um, So funds... Funds help help our programming. Mm -hmm. uh, They stay in the so funds stay in our community. Mm -hmm. Um, Funds raised in the community stay in the community, and they fund our programs, including our three day centers, um, access to counseling, and our education and support programs. Well, last year you had more than three hundred and fifty people take part. We did, and you raised over eighty-two thousand dollars, and that was more than your goal Absolutely. of sixty-five. That must must have been exciting. It was. So, what was this year's goal? So, this year's goal was ninety thousand, um, bringing our total fundraising um, with the Alzheimer's Society of York Region walk to over mm-hmm. six hundred thousand dollars for people living in our community with dementia and their families. Well. There are currently 564,000 Canadians living with dementia, mm-hmm. thousands more who care for them. Um, I mean, obviously, we know why this event is important. Is it enough? Is there enough for people? Because, you know, we're aging. We're the baby boomer, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Jonathan, take it away. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's it's. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, it's never enough because, like you mentioned, you know, with the aging population and um, the numbers constantly on the rise for people with living with dementia um, and the, the number of people like family members and caregivers mm-hmm. who, who have to pr- be able to provide support for them, um, a lot of the, the support for people with dementia is that informal care. So this is care that isn't coming from a community service or uh, a hospital or long-term care or something like that. So, you know, we, we, we definitely, um, you know, do our best with, with what we, we get in, but the, it's, it's one of those things where there's always, there can always be more Support. Well, for, for people who are listening, mm-hmm. give us an idea of what you offer mm-hmm. and then give us an idea of what is still needed, what what families may be forced to pay so that sure. – because in terms of planning, it's difficult. It is, yeah. So, um, so yeah, to answer the first part of your question um, – so some of the services that, that we offer, um, I mean, all of our services are designed for, for people living with dementia and their family members and caregivers and um, people in the community as well. Um, so these are things like our social work program, uh, which we, we have a, a, a number of, of very good social workers who are knowledgeable in dementia and can provide support and education for families, uh, doing home visits, office visits, uh, just talking over the phone and providing navigation as well to you know, help them 
kind of in where to turn next. You know, a lot of people get a diagnosis of dementia and they don't know where to turn. So our our, our organization and our social workers mm-hmm. help with that navigation process. They are able to answer questions that families have, help with strategies on kind of how to deal with memory loss and dementia. Um, but we also have our day programs um, and we do, we, we run three day programs in York Region in Aurora, Thornhill and Stouffville. And the day programs are good good respite opportunity for family members and caregivers as well while their um, their their loved one can attend the day program uh, during the day, take part in programming activities that are meant to uh, stimulate the body and mm-hmm. mind and, you know, keep them healthier for longer and, like I said, to provide that break for, for our family members. So those are our two main services. We also have support groups uh, that family members, friends, caregivers can attend uh, and and share with one another, learn from one another, uh, you know, and their experiences. And um, our social workers facilitate that. And and we do a lot of education in the community as well. We have a a great education team who is, uh, you know, constantly out doing presentations in the community and holding education sessions in-house as well um, to, to provide that, you know, extra information for families. So to get to Christine's second part, Mm -hmm. what more would you like to see? Yeah, so, um, you know, I I think an extra, an added um, amount of respite for families, Mm -hmm. I think, would be be crucial. Um, You know, there... There is a significant amount of stress and and pressure for for, for primary caregivers and for the entire Mm -hmm. family in dealing with dementia. So any additional support that they can get where, you know, their their family member can, you know, either attend day program more often or, um, you know, get more home in the uh, more care in the home, sorry, Mm -hmm. um, would be, I think, beneficial for them. Um, You know, our our long-term care... Uh, wait lists are are pretty long as well. So yeah, and and as I understand it, I mean, you can't actually get on the lists until you tick, you know, certain boxes. Like yeah. if somebody is still okay with their hygiene, their showers, mm-hmm. that's that's one of the first things that could go. But if they're still okay with that, but maybe putting coffee cups on the stove to heat a cup of coffee until it explodes, yeah. then you don't tick a box. And then once you tick all those boxes, you go on a waiting list that's two years, two to three years. So what do the caregivers do in the meantime? Because you're probably always sleeping with one eye open just mm-hmm. to make sure that the house mm-hmm. isn't going to burn down. Yeah, for sure. And that, that can be a difficult time, right? Because, you know, obviously once you tick those boxes for, for long-term care, it's it's a lot of work at home. And it's it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a lot for one person to take care of. It's a lot for a whole family to take care of. So, um, you know, we, we try and organize support for them in the home, whether it's through uh, their their LIN or uh, home and community care. LIN um, is what the CCAC? The, yeah, it used to name? be the CCAC okay. now, um, they're uh, the local health integrated network, um, and there are different different lens across the province, but um, they may provide um, some personal care in the home. Um, mm-hmm. There are, you know, short-term respite uh, opportunities in the community as well. Um, our day programs, obviously, are, right. are another good option. Now, in too. terms of uh, help in the home, you were talking about LIN or CCAC. Mm-hmm. Is that covered? For people, or is it something they have to pay for? Uh, for a certain amount of hours, um, it is, and then it, it's it's not a lot, but you know sometimes it's it's enough What's for families to get by. Um, I, you know, I don't want to 
say the exact numbers, but I, I know I think the maximum is around 14 hours or mm-hmm. so a week um, for personal care. Um, but, you know, depending on, on the family's need and their assessments that they do, um, they may be able to provide more. Sometimes it's less as well. Um, and then, you know, personal support workers can can be provided for them but there yeah is a cost for that yeah. as well on yeah top how of much uh, I mean, 26 dollars an hour for a psw for which is yeah. is unaffordable for uh, for, for most, most people for most people it's a lot yeah it is it is a lot so i think yeah. i think you know i think the government needs to do more in ontario and when we um you know we have a new government we will uh, we will see how they they handle this now how can york region residents access your services yeah, so so to get in touch with us, um, I mean they can they can always stop by any of our offices and mm-hmm. uh, and ask for information. Um, they can call in, but one of our main uh, ways to to connect with new families mm-hmm. and new uh, clients is through our First Link uh, referral program, mm-hmm. which is um, which is a program that's uh, that allows us to kind of go out and meet with doctors, geriatric teams, community partners, provide them information on kind of what we do. And then once uh, they work with a new family, um, they can refer to us and we can connect with that family so they can connect with our and services. And what's the website? Or- yeah, so our, our website is alzheimer-york.com. So it's A-L-Z-H-E-I-M-E-R-Y-O-R-K.com. And Tammy, how can uh, can people still, if they want to help, donate to the cause and they weren't taking part in today's walk? Then? Absolutely. They can go on the website, mm-hmm. um, Alzheimer's Walk, and and make their gift online, and they'll be receipted instantly. Sounds great. And that sounds, uh, you know, and numbers are increasing. It's not going to get any yeah. better. No, so, do you have a waiting list? Um, our day programs have a waiting list. Um, right now, our social workers don't have a waiting list, but the day program is the only thing we do have. Uh, it's about four to six months on average, so even that can be a little long for families sometimes. Yeah, it can. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for coming in and telling us, and, and we wish you all the best. Thank you. Thank Thanks thank you. for having us. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. Fashion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit KearnsandCo.com. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said.
Now back to what she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. They say home is where the heart is, but our next guest believes that home is where the healthiest heart mm-hmm. is. Joining us now is Brian Latanville, the owner and president of Healthy Home Makeovers, who is a pro at creating instant healthy indoor solutions for any home or workspace. Thank you so much for coming in. Oh, thanks for having me. Well, this is sort of something new. I haven't heard of this before, and... 30-odd years ago with two kids with asthma, I was Mm -hmm. dealing with, you know, a pediatrician, but there wasn't anybody to come in and measure anything. Or um, So you're going to be here every weekend for the rest of the month to tell us how we can improve our home and by doing that, our health. And today we're going to discuss your healthy home assessment. Mm -hmm. Where were you when I needed you for that? (laughs) Tell us about this healthy home assessment. Uh, yeah, so we uh, so basically we have a healthy home assessment. It's a ninety nine dollar charge. You can book online on our website. So we come in and we test your air quality in your home. So we go room by room with our uh, particle concentration meter and we. De- calculate all the dust particles that are floating through the air. So those dust particles contain VOCs, bio burdens, other toxins that are floating around. Like you said, that can cause asthma, that can cause allergies. They have allergens in the air. Um, and then we, we assess and we give a detailed report back. And then we also do a water test. So we go to your kitchen sink and we mm-hmm. test your water for iron, for chlorine, for pH levels, hardness of the water, and also TDS, total dissolvance in the water. Um, and then we do a room by room toxin screen. Uh, so we go room by room and we we take a look at the home and see you know your duct registers your dryer vents uh the windows you know any other issues that could be happening a lot of people understand if they if they block their intake for their their home for the the air to circulate with a couch you're not going to get good air quality in that room because the air isn't being circulated in the home other things that we look at is if your furnace fan is always on you should always have your furnace fan on it doesn't have to be on hot or cold just a furnace fan running Mm -hmm. to circulate the air in the home because you're just going to get dry stale air okay let me stop you there i have radiators yes so how what happens in in that situation we have portable air purifiers that uh, we put in so for condos for apartments for homes with radiators uh, we've we've done a lot of them Um, we can we can either give you a couple of small units if you want to spread them out or it depends on the size of the home or we have a five-stage whole home system that you uh, can put in one room and it'll take care of up to 2,000 square feet so it's all about the air exchanges per hour Mm -hmm. in the home so the larger the home is the less air exchanges you're going to have you know, per hour with the, with the, the unit. So, um, it's, so we have a five stage system. So it's a pre-carbon filter, uh, which is the first filter and then the HEPA filter, which takes care of 99.97 of all the allergens in the air up to 0.03 microns. Then we have a UV light, which kills the bacteria, mold spores, viruses that are floating around the air on contact when it goes through the system. Then there's a photocatalytic filter, which helps the UV lights, and then a carbon filter, which I get a lot of calls about, um, especially with some of the new laws coming out with, you know, their neighbors are smoking or whatever's happening, cooking smells in the condos or apartments. The carbon filter, it's a nice thick filter, and it, and it filters through all of the odors. And then it goes through and it sends out the pure air throughout the home. So how do you do that in a condo where it's really controlled somewhere else? I mean, my condo has a a heating unit or cooling unit. Correct. There is a filter that's changed. Yeah. um, But I find it extremely dusty. Yes. So this is a standalone appliance. 
So it's a standalone unit. It's um, it's about two feet high, a little bit wide, and it's it's white, and it's it sits in there. This uh, the five stage unit, anyways, and you can put it anywhere in the home. You can put it in the living room, in the just don't don't close up the bedrooms. You got to have the air circulation throughout the house. So you put this unit in, and it'll it'll collect the dust, and it'll run through the system. It's got its own fan, its own motor, so it pulls the air in through the top, and then sends it back out through the bottom. And okay, so dust itself. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I mean, a cocktail of toxic chemicals mm-hmm. in, in the dust, and dust seems to be everywhere. I mean, as yes. I understand, a lot of it comes from us, yes. our skin. That's right? correct. So, does that help with all of that? Correct. So, when the nice sun's coming in the window and you see yes. all the dust on the window, yes, correct. So, this this purifier will pull that air. So, basically, it's taking all the air in your home and it's running it through the system. So, any dust that's there, any uh, toxins or particulate matter, any of that is going through the system and then it's it's filtering it through. So let me ask you, if mm-hmm. you have people in the home who, let's say, have asthma or have allergies, correct? I can understand. We used to have a, not anything as fancy as this, but years ago, a thing, a, a very expensive filter on the furnace mm-hmm. and had to clean a certain way, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I understand doing it for that. Mm-hmm. What, but, but if you're making this the purest air possible and then you're going outside and you're not breathing the purest air possible is it sort of are we bubbling ourselves therefore we're not building up any immunities i mean if we're all living in this completely clean Mm dust-free toxin-free because that's not real life. Yeah, no, I understand. Um, we've had that question a couple of times. So your air quality in your home should be between 30 and 40,000 dust particles per meter. That's an average. That's what you want to see it at. Um, it's not taking every single thing out of the air. It's going to circulate. You're always going to get, every time you open the window, every time you open the door, the air is going to come in. Your furnace, if you have a furnace, like condos or whatever, but yeah. even the air that's coming in from the condo building, that air comes from outside. Yeah. So you're always getting that exactly. in. So this is just helping mitigate it and and keep it keep it to a low level. So I've gone into condos and the dust particles have been 800,000. You know, mm-hmm. and it's supposed of to be it's supposed to be 30 to 40,000. Oh. Yes. So that's the difference. 20 times? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that's that's what we help you with. Okay, so let's let's move move on a little bit because mm-hmm. water testing we're mm-hmm. all pretty familiar with. Yes, but I'm a little dubious about this electromagnetic field testing. Are Correct. we all going to be wearing aluminum foil on our heads here, Brian? Well, there's so we have different options here. So the new smart meters, you have smart TVs, you have smart appliances, mm-hmm. you have your Wi-Fi modems. All of these things are producing electromagnetic you know, mm-hmm. pulses throughout the, the air. Some people have been complaining about getting headaches at home. They don't know why. They're just at home getting headaches. You see it all in the schools. There's been a big fight over why, if Wi-Fi should be allowed in schools, all of these things. So we have a micro surge meter that we plug into your hydro line. So it runs through your hydro, it, it attaches to it and it will come out. So, you know, a long time ago when we were younger, you turn the TV off, it went off. You didn't have yeah, a little red light little stay red on. Lights, yeah. So that little red light is a standby light. So that means there's electricity mm-hmm. coming through that TV all the time. Mm-hmm. And you're feeling it. You can walk by and sometimes you feel static sometimes. So that's the electricity coming through. So we have EMF filters that you plug into a hydro line or a, or a regular socket at home. And that will protect the whole line. So if you have one line running in your whole living room, that'll filter out that electricity, that dirty electricity or electromagnetic fields into that filter. Okay. So- 
I have my home assessment mm-hmm. done. Um, if I, it's $99 charge. Correct. But if I buy something that's over $500, this is credited back. Yeah, you get right. the $99 back. Okay. And you provide, after the assessment is done, you provide a detailed report? Correct. How does that work? Correct. We give you a detailed report that we have uh, uh, created for you that gives you everything that we've tested. So each room, so it'll give you the uh, indoor air quality for each room that we tested. It will give you all of the water testing. So, you know, if you had iron, it'll tell you what level of iron you had, if it's good or bad. Uh, if you had what your levels your chlorine were at, what level your pH level was at, and then your EMF also. Okay, now your store is mm-hmm. located at Improve Canada. That's, Correct. That's a very cool looking building. Yes. Um, was it 72... 72- Seventy-two fifty Keel Street. Seventy-two fifty Keel Street. You're in Unit sixty-five. Correct. People can come and visit you there. Correct. We always. I'm not always there myself. We have employees there. I'm on the road. I'm doing assessments. I'm talking Good. to people. But yeah, we, it's always open. Okay. And so, where can people go to learn more? What's your website? So, healthyhomemakeovers.ca. Uh, mm-hmm. You could always join us on Facebook as well. We're always looking for new friends on Facebook. We're putting out lots of information on Facebook for people. New things that are coming up. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter um, and. Uh, we also have Instagram. So we have all of those social media platforms. You can always give us a call at 647-660-4900. That, uh, that is our store number. It comes to me as well. Um, and yeah, you can send us an email at info at healthyhomemakeovers.ca. We have lots of avenues for people to get a hold of us to, to talk. Okay. So now you are actually giving away a free healthy home assessment uh, once a weekend for the rest of June because Correct. you're going to be on every weekend, as we said. You can enter now at what she said talk.com. The page will be up. But next week, we're going to be talking specifically uh, more in more detail about air purification. If you have a question for Brian, you can leave us a comment on any of our social media pages. We will ask it next weekend. And you will be entered into the into the pool huh, for a free assessment, not for a swim, <laughs> but for a free assessment. So we, we'd like to get uh, one of our winners will be chosen from the people that ask us the question. So this has been great and uh, in, informative, and I guess we'll see you next weekend. Thank you. Yes, looking forward to it. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. What she Now back to what she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Joining us now is film critic Anne Brody for Saturday Night at the Movies. And today we're starting off with a nice neighborhood, Mr. Rogers. <laughs> 
I wept through this movie. It was so beautiful. Now, when I was growing up, we didn't have PBS up here. So I knew nothing about Mr. Rogers except that he wore a sweater and took it off and put it on. Um, It's absolutely charming. Mm -hmm. Brilliantly clever with people. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a scene in which this uh, horrible uh, Republican politician in the States is trying to cut funding for PBS. And he made one little speech, one mm-hmm. calm, measured little speech. And the guy turned to him and said, you got it. You're renewed. And not not only did they renew, they gave them more money. Yeah. It was, he was explaining. You remember that. I, yeah. Oh, I, 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 I've been a big, big fan, um, but watched um, several documentaries recently. And that, that clip plays. And he was so... He was just explaining about the the violence that was on TV, and that wasn't the way children reacted. They wanted to feel warm and comfortable, and it is. It's the even if you don't see the whole thing, you can look up that particular clip, and it's how to sway somebody just with, just with honesty. And it's and not a char- even a charm offense. No. It's just him, the authenticness yeah. of him. And he did things like he'd say, "Well, let's see what a minute feels like," and mm-hmm. it would be absolute silence for a minute. And something you know. my grandmother took from from him, and she would say to um, to us and, and her other grandchildren when they were small, if they heard police sirens, ambulances, mm-hmm. she'd say, those are the helpers. The people are getting the help they need. And that's what Mr. Rogers would say, apparently, was always listen for the helpers, right? So that you weren't scared by sirens. That was it. Oh, my God. I got tears in my eyes. The oh. man is just incredible. I had he no is. idea. Well, let's see if we can get get rid of the, the hmm. rid of the tears for you and talk about Jodie Foster. She's back. Oh man, is she back? And for this role as a nurse running a, a sort of inner city hospital for crooks and criminals and ne'er do wells and wealthy people, her hair is stick straight, iron gray. She walks as though she's riddled with arthritis, and she's she's just working to help these people who've been shot, and they come in a dime a dozen constantly. So it's her uh, mission in life to save these people because they deserve help too, she says, and she's it's just her and David Bautista, who you might know as a big wrestler. Um, he's her nurse. Uh, great cast, uh, including Sterling K. Brown, from the O.J. Simpson story. He's a crook, which is amazing to see. Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum is the crookiest crook that you've ever seen in (laughs) your life. And you know, you almost want to go just to see Jeff Goldblum because there's something just mesmerizing about him. Uh, So yeah, Hotel Artemis in the middle of uh, Los Angeles uh, mean streets. Um, It's great to to see Jody do something so, you know, on the surface, uncommercial, and it's a great antidote to the big superhero films for this year. Okay. Now, we have to mention Ocean's 8, but we're going to tell people. You can tell them who the stellar cast is, but if you want to know about this movie, you have to go to Anne's blog. Because I'm sending my deputy, yes, Christine you are. Bentley. Yes. <laughs> and I'm not giving it away because it's your session. But we should mention Sandra Bullock, Sandra Kate Bullock, Blanchett, Rihanna. Aquafina, just on and on. Helena Bonham Carter, where has she been lately? It, it'll be, you know. She's been filming Ocean's Eight. <laughs> you know, you'll, you'll, you'll fill us in. You'll fill us well, in. Well, the trailer looks like a lot of fun. The Quest of Alain Ducasse. He's a celebrity chef in France, um, an ego as big as the world. So this cameraman, uh, documentary filmmaker, who's clearly 
completely starstruck by this guy, follows him around the world for two years. All leading up to Ducasse opening a restaurant in the palace at Versailles. So you can imagine the kind of um, clout this guy has in France. Uh, He has 18 Michelin stars, 23 restaurants around the world. And uh, he's opened up a couple of schools to help uh, poverty-stricken regions. Um, he's, he, he does a lot of good, but he's also incredibly... Mm. <laughs> he's a sensualist, too. He sniffs everything. Whether you think it's going to smell, he'll sniff it and touch it and look at it and, and cook with it. Um, it's inspiring, but a little bit twee, I thought. Okay, now you have an interview up on the site, our site now, what you said, talk.com, with one of the stars of Prodigals. Tell us about that. Yes, it's Sarah Canning, terrific Canadian actress. Boy, has she done a lot. She's very mm-hmm. young. So Prodigals is about a fellow who goes home from Toronto. He's a, he's a hotshot lawyer. He returns home to Sault Ste. Marie, where the film was shot, uh, to defend a friend in a murder beef. Mm-hmm. Uh, Little by little, we see how his relationship with these people at home changes, particularly in terms of Sarah Canning's character. They were lovers, so we see what happens. Um, Really good portrait of small-town life, of people interacting, and, you know, the the stranger returns theme that is so popular in literature and film. Quite worthwhile. Michelle Ouellette made this film terrific. It's good. Awesome. Thank you, ma'am. Now, you'll want to stay tuned because Anne is bringing us an interview with the director and screenwriter of The Incredibles 2, which comes out next weekend, and that's going to be a little later in the show. So we can't wait for that. Thank you very much. Connect with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler at WhatSheSaidTalk.com. The first official day of summer is right around the corner. And joining us now is Renee Rebello from Life Coach Financial Strategies, who is here to share some budget-friendly staycation ideas. Welcome, Renee. Great to see you. Thank you, ladies. Thanks for having me back. Now, the official definition of a staycation is a vacation spent in one one's home country rather than abroad, or one spent at home and involving day trips to local attractions. So give us a list of some of your great ideas. <laughs> yes, uh, it's becoming more family friendly and people are just so busy when the summer comes. They're trying to find ways they can spend time with their family and not have to take a whole week off. Maybe they can take mm-hmm. a Friday and a Monday off and just kind of work with the kids, work with the babysitters and, and do things locally. So there's a lot of things that are budget friendly when it comes to staycations and staying in the area because you become a tourist in your own town or within, normally a staycation is within a 30 minute drive. So anything within a 30-minute drive is considered a staycation or staying even within an hour drive. I, tr- mm-hmm. I like to say an hour. Mm-hmm. So Sometimes it takes 30 minutes to just get to the edge of the city. Yeah. <laughs> or t- yeah. Well, up here. I'm from Niagara yeah. wine country, yeah. right? In, in the GTA, 30 minutes. 30 minutes is what you do to get gas. <laughs> All right. See, and I'm in wine country. 30 minutes is five, 10 wineries. Okay. So, You're right. Anyways. It, I'm with, moving there. There you go. Come on, Kate. <laughs> with kids, maybe not the wineries are maybe not the best option. But, um, you know, take a map and, and look at, parks in your area, right? And see if there's parks that you can go to with the kids and explore them with the children. There's geocaching, Mm -hmm. right? It's a big thing and it's a lot of fun. It's free. There's apps out there. You can download them and you can do them together with the kids. Um, For those of you that aren't familiar with geocaching, it's basically like a scavenger hunt on your phone and you find things. And uh, that came to my knowledge once when I saw people climbing up a tree near my house and then more people and then more people. And I'm like, what is up that tree? (laughs) And they're like, we're geocaching. I'm like, oh, that looks so 
fun. <laughs> so anyways, um, you can, you know, spend a day picking fruit. In Niagara, we have a ton of fruits. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we are maybe an hour drive from Toronto. So come down Niagara Way and spend the day with the kids picking fruit. It's so fun to go out there and pick peaches and strawberries and all the other fruits that are down in the area. And you can, we have tons of bodies of water all around us. We have small lakes, rivers. Try kayaking, paddle boating, get out in the water and, and try something you haven't tried before. And hiking is always an option. Get out there, take pictures, get the kids involved in taking pictures with their cell phones, taking pictures of family, because you never know, right? It's great to have mm-hmm. those pictures for later. And you also have, um, you know, entertainment books in each of the cities. And most of the cities and towns will offer leisure guides with activities that are coming up. And there's lots of festivals that come up in your local community. Take Mm -hmm. a peek at your Facebook pages, social media, publications, newspaper, radio of things that are up and coming and go to them. A lot of them are free for the family and they're a great activity to do. So there's um, also one of my favorites is camping. Mm. So I know that may not be a huge thing in, in the Toronto area, but it is wonderful. It really does make you comfortable with your own skin and lack of showering. And <laughs> <laughs> you can sleep and you can rent a, a recreational vehicle, like a trailer. Mm-hmm. And how fun is that? Just hopping in and hopping behind the wheel and driving somewhere and parking it and, you know, having a fire and roasting I love, marshmallows. I, and, love cam- I love camping. My husband's idea of camping is a three-star Star Hotel. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, no. I did take him glamping. Yeah, that's very glamping. nice too. Res- yeah. uh, resort has opened. Not in, not inexpensive, but nope. definitely it was a lot of fun. I'm going to take the girls there. And, uh, I, you know, I was some some of the blog sites that send yeah. out, mm-hmm. you know, here's a hiking trip. I didn't realize Rockwood. I've never been to Rockwood. Yes. About an hour north of the city looks amazing. They've got some ruins mm-hmm. that are very Game of Thrones, yeah. an old mill. They've got kayaking, camping, paddling. And I said to the girls, like, day trip let's go yeah hiking and it's like never been there didn't realize it was there and it's nice because you're getting fresh air you're staying healthy you're getting out from behind the screen right and the thing is we forget that people travel thousands of miles they fly yeah. here and do the things that we don't do that because, we don't do well sometime someday yes it's true we've got a friend a couple from moved here from england for yep. his job I swear, they've seen more of Ontario and Canada than I have (laughs) living. I'm like, really? You did that? They're telling me more. But what about budgeting for a vacation? It's something that you should... You know, what do you recommend people put away to to save on a on, on a vac for a vacation? Well, it all depends on what you want to do. So I'm a jet setter. I like hopping on a plane and heading somewhere south. That mm-hmm. is my I I stay around the area in the summertime and in the winter I like to hop on a plane and go somewhere else. So it all depends on what you want to do. So you know, knowing what you're going to spend in a year, if you kind of figure that out, then you can equate that down to monthly savings, right? Mm-hmm. And if you just don't have the funds for it, you can always camp in your backyard too, right? Throw up a tent. Mm-hmm in the backyard and have your own little, you know, chiminea and mm-hmm. roast some marshmallows and camp in your backyard. See if you Make even like it. s'mores. Right? My kids were telling yeah. me about one they, they've done, they did at camp that they slid a banana lengthways. Yep. And oh, put, yeah, chocolate in there. And the chocolate oh, yeah. in there. Banana boat. Banana boat. That's <laughs> it. And you know, I said, well, that sounds better than a s'more yep. and kind of healthy because it's got yep. the banana in it. Oh. <laughs> I'll tell you. And ice cream has milk. I've heard it all. I've had a trottage because I call my trailer a trottage because it's like a house and it has wheels. And uh, I've been doing it for 20 years. And uh, the great times that we have with the kids and the weekends and we're barbecuing. So you're eating healthier. You know, you're staying put. And, you know, I get mummy wine time after. So it's great. So when I tell people where they can connect with you if they uh, want some more strategies about saving for vacations and things. Great. Yeah, they can find me on my website, 
So mylcfs.ca or my Facebook page, if they like Life Coach Financial Strategies Facebook page, then um, I'll post 10 tips uh, on that page and they can download the page and take a peek. Great. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. Fashion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit KearnsandCo.com. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. talk a lot these days about work-life balance and prioritizing our lives. And now we have a novel just out set in Toronto all about that. Kate Hilton is the author and welcome to What She Said. Thanks so much, Kate. It's great to be here. Now, your book's called Just Like Family, and the setting will sound very familiar to our listeners. Set the stage for us. So the book is set primarily at Toronto City Hall, which is the present-day work context of Avery Graham, who's the heroine of the book. It's also set in past scenes in New York City and in some past scenes in Ontario cottage country. So the the present-day work scenes, though, which I think are in some ways the most interesting part of the book – are set in City Hall. Uh, Avery Graham is the chief of staff to a charismatic Toronto City mayor, and uh, <laughs> chaos and humor ensues. <laughs> yes, uh, I th- chaos? How much chaos? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think people who live in Toronto can easily imagine how much chaos can spill out of City Hall. Um, in this case, uh, they are in the middle of a huge waterfront redevelopment, and there are, of course, many stakeholders involved in that project and lots of people with different ideas about how it should go forward. And in the meantime, of course, political crises do come and go at City Hall, and so there, there are uh, some personal issues that find their way into work and work issues that find their way into home, and that's sort of the crux of the book. So is this, would you say um – the crux of the story is behind every great man is a great woman. Kind of thing? I think that's one takeaway on it. I was actually, um, in a more general way, interested in exploring the idea of 
relationships at work, and in particular, uh, work marriages, quote-unquote work marriages. Mm -hmm. Um, I think traditionally we think of almost a traditional work marriage, which is uh, a woman behind a strong man. And certainly I think that's a a pattern that goes back a long, long way to male executives with female executive assistants supporting them. And even, I think, funny old stories about real wives and work wives managing a husband's life in the (laughs) office. Um, But I think a more modern take, which I'm exploring in this book, is a female executive, often a more junior executive, someone who's sometimes been mentored and hired and brought up by a male executive, and how that power dynamic kind of works itself out over a long work relationship. And did you reach a conclusion? Well, the fictional conclusion here is that, you know, we all have to grow up and we all have to find our own uh, our own way of defining ourselves not in relation to a man in the office, uh, as in life. But um, but I think those relationships play out in a lot of different ways in the workplace. Um, and I think the takeaway for uh, all of us in modern uh, workplaces is to try to think about how to keep work in its proper place in relation to our personal lives. So how do you, how do you decide where to place your loyalty then? I mean, it, it is tricky. I mean, who wins when personal and professional loyalties conflict? I think it's a great question, and I think that the trite answer, of course, is that everyone has to resolve that in his or her own way. But I think the reality is that there is a serious cost to putting work above all else, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, the people in your personal life um, are going to be way less willing to tolerate that as perhaps they once were in a traditional family setup where the man went to work and the woman governed the homestead, and if he came home and had a scotch and went to the basement, well, that's just because dad was tired at the end of the day. I mean, those days are gone. And so I think we all of us, uh, as women have more senior roles in particular, need to think about um, how do we preserve and protect a place for our friends and our families and even our own non-work selves uh, in that context. Well, in fact, uh, Avery in this novel is juggling three husbands. She is. She is. And that's her little spicy. A little spicy comes from that. Well, because – and and it's very reflective of the modern world. It is. So she has a starter marriage in her history. She was married uh, young and probably ill-advisedly in her 20s. Uh, And that marriage failure looms large in her present-day decision-making. She has a long-term partner – whom she's not married, but who would like to change that and has proposed to her at the beginning of the book. Uh, and then, of course, she has this um, long-standing work marriage. And uh, each of these relationships cast a long shadow over all the other relationships. And so it makes it very difficult for her to make it what should, in, in for many people, be an easy call. I've been with someone 14 years. He wants to get married. Okay. Not an easy decision in her case. Do you think that men who may be in the same position just don't feel the same pressure? I would have said that that was true, and I think in many cases that is still true, um, particularly in the context where you have children involved. And so I, so anecdotally, and I would say also I think there are lots of studies to support my anecdotal uh, position on this, female uh, workers with children at home feel that pressure very intensely and in ways that I think men – uh, seem to find it easier to keep home at home and carry on with their day and not worry too much about the dentist appointment and the call from school and so on. They can compartmentalize very easily. They right? seem to be much better at that yeah. than women. 
But in this book, um, Avery doesn't have children, and that was a deliberate choice because I was very interested in uh, how women cope with those pressures without the very important and overwhelming factor of maternal guilt, which I think gets in the way a lot of these conversations. And with that off the table, I think um, certainly in Avery's case, and she's fictional, but she represents uh, lots of people, um, the the pull into work is incredibly powerful for her too. And the, the difficulty in setting boundaries is for her a real challenge in much the way it would be uh, for a man in the same situation. I'm kind of fascinated. I mean, you have an English degree from McGill, a law degree from the University of Toronto. You've worked in, in law, higher education, public relations and major gift fundraising. How did you get from all that to writing the book? This is your second book with a third on the way. It, it's true. Well, I suppose my parents would say I've had a lot of difficulty deciding on a career. <laughs> That's one uh, analysis that's probably legitimate. But, um, you know, I think the thread has always been writing. So I've always worked in jobs where uh, being being a good writer was an absolutely essential part of the toolkit. And I have sort of a relentless curiosity. I mean, I, I guess I get bored easily. So I've, I've found lots of uh, paths along the way that um, have allowed me to really pursue an interest in communications and writing. And, uh, you know, in the early days, I've always wanted to write a book. And that was kind of my midlife passion project, which has turned out very nicely. So I'm happy for that. Much more fun than running a marathon, which lots of my friends did. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I had always wanted to write a book. But in, in my 20s, it really did seem like quite a... Um, an irresponsible path to go down. And so law school, as so many of us did at that time with liberal arts degrees, law school seemed like the responsible choice. And so I did that. And it took me in lots of interesting directions, but it ultimately wasn't what I wanted to do. And so um, I started working at the university in, in legal education, and that took me to lots of other places inside the university, like fundraising, for example. Now, do both books focus on women's issues? Yes, they do. The first one, which was called The Hole in the Middle, um, much more directly so because that book was really a book about the challenge of work-life balance and having right. and having kids and being a working mom. Um, this book, I actually think, has much broader appeal because, I, I to my mind, these are, are not especially gendered problems. Mm-hmm. That is to say the problem of how we – Think about the place work should occupy in our life and, and the issues of, of where we think our loyalty is best placed. Um, the protagonist is a woman, certainly, and has, you know, and there are lots of, you know, tart feminist observations, let's say, over the course of the book. But I do think this book, um, particularly in light of the political context, will appeal to male readers just as much. So any hints about the third? The third is a divorce comedy called Ooh. Better Luck Next Time. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> um, but it's not about me. <laughs> Good. Now, just like family. That's what she said. That's, that's what I always say. So Just Like Family is the name of this uh, witty and insightful novel about juggling the demands of three husbands. If you are interested, just all the details will be up on our website. That is what she said talk.com. So, um, that, yeah, that's great. And, and the book is available Everywhere. Everywhere books are sold. Thanks so much for having me. What she said. What she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good to grow high interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. 
Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. <sighs> Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Center is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com tc or call 416-340-7270. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said, she's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Well, we usually end off our shows with a live studio session, but this weekend our film critic Ann Brody is going to sing live. Oh, no, just kidding. <laughs> Thank uh, <laughs> uh, She has brought us an interview with none other than Brad Bird, the director and screenwriter of The Incredibles. He's an incredible guy. He started out in The Simpsons. He's, Simpsons. He's done so many of uh, Disney, Pixar's greatest animated films. He was uh, mentored by one of Disney's original nine old men, which were people who, animators who came in between 1927 and 1939 and helped create the Disney look. So he was lucky enough to work with one of them. And he's passed it along. And now he's, uh, he's teaching interns, too. Um, Brad Bird is just as much fun as the as the film was. So here All we right. go. Let's take a listen. Combustion imminent. What does that mean? Ah! It means fire, Robert. Brad Bird, just describe to me you sitting there wondering, dreaming up superpowers. There are so many in this film. Yes. Well, you know, I'd love to say that I came up with some new ones, but they're they're basically kind of they're, every superpower known to man has been done by everybody at this point. So it's just how well do we use them? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a challenge. Yes, it's for challenge. sure, for sure. And I mean, you know, what is behind the whole superpower thing? What does that say to us in our most primal selves? Well, I think it. I mean, it really has been around as long as storytelling has been around. Um, um, I think that we are um, amazed at our own powers. I mean, when you see um, tiny babies kind of discovering that, you know, they can move this thing and every once in a while they hit themselves in the face and act like someone else did it, you know? Um, I think that in some way we're doing that all the way through our lives, you know, and and you see it uh, with um, the objects that we create. We create these things that can do amazing things that we can't, and we imagine what if we could do these things without the, what if we could fly without an airplane? What if we could uh, cruise through the water really fast without a boat? And so um, superpowers have been around as long as there has been storytelling. That's what the Greek mythology is all about, superpowers. Yes, you're right. Isn't that interesting? And I think the film is really challenging for kids. 
I mean, they love it, but they have to really work at what's happening and the storyline and all that. And I think that's terrific. Well, good. It's not. It's not meant to. Uh educate kids. It's it's meant to entertain movie lovers. Um, but I remember when I was a kid, you know, I went to the movies. I was the youngest one in my family, and I went to the movies. We saw things that were um, above my head, you know, uh, like, uh, you know, Dr. Zhivago. I didn't know anything about the Russian Revolution, but um, I was enthralled because it seemed to be important and, and uh, sweeping and, and, you know, I don't know anything about Russia and uh, look at these people shooting each other in the snow and now there's this amazing mountain pass and this guy, you know, just wants to be loved and, you know, I, I, I didn't really understand it, but um, it didn't... It didn't talk down to me. I was yes. reaching for it. And, That's it. and uh, uh, you know, uh, what I always loved about Disney animation when I was a kid was that I didn't ever feel that it, uh, it was talking down to me. I felt like I was rising to it. If you could just tell me just a little bit about working with the, one of the nine old men. Which one? I worked with a few. I thought you were mentored by one. In uh, yes, I was mentored by Milt Call, who yeah. was an amazing artist, one of the greatest ever. Yeah. Um, it meant a lot to me. I knew enough about animation at that point that I knew some of the scenes that he did, and, and I could tell them apart from the other scenes because um, he had a mastery that, that was rare. And um, he was uh, seen as a very tough, kind of scary guy, but I saw him as a guy who was willing to drop what he was doing and spend time with a kid and, and you know, talk to him like I was a fellow artist and, and not, um, you know, he challenged me, you know, and that meant that... Uh, he was tough on me, but tough in a really good way. I mean, I remember he gave me this one critique, you know, and he could be rough, you know. He'd go, you know, Jesus, you, 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 you didn't even explore the possibilities here, you know. And 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 I kind of came to, I was talking to my mom, and I, and I said, oh, man, you know, he really, he really found all these things that I didn't do with the scene, and, you know, uh, you know, he said, this isn't, you know, I had a gag that made him laugh, but he said, we didn't do that kind of gag here. And and my mother said, he said, we, he said, she's including you with him. He's saying, we don't, he's inviting you in, you know, and he, she, she said, that's really special. And so instead of looking at it as criticism, I, I took it as, this amazingly talented guy is spending time on me. And so that means a lot to me. So it, it had a lot to do with um, how I saw things. And the fact that he was always working really, really hard to make his stuff great. Yeah. Thank you so much. You have a wise mother. Ah, thank you. Sounds like fun. Thanks, Anne. Any plans for the weekend? Uh, yeah, lots. Garden, mostly. It's gardening time. If you don't do it now, you're, you can't do it. Ever? It gets too hot. It just gets too hot. Yeah, this and then you the just time. have to sit around in the garden drinking mint juleps and looking at your garden. 
I think I had a mint julep with hands. <laughs> did you? One year, didn't we? We went for lunch, didn't no, we? Did we? That's right. We're that's probably, right. That was did. in the early days of what she said. Uh, yeah, and a lot of true. plotting and planning. We're still standing, and yeah. thankfully yes. for everyone, we're not singing. <laughs> and that is our show for today. Thank you very much for tuning in. We'll be back again tomorrow at noon right here on 105.9 The Region. And don't forget to follow us on social media at whatshesaidtalk.com. Bye. It is your favorite girl. That's right. It's the Ali Mars, the one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.